All right, welcome to Full Disclosure with the Better Government Association. Every week we check in with David Grising, President and CEO of the BGA, for the latest on what government is doing and how much of it they are keeping hidden from you. Well, out in the open last week, Governor J.B. Pritzker delivered his budget speech. It was uh, filled with uh, at least some modest tax relief proposals, also some indications of uh, an improved fiscal picture for the state of Illinois. David, you've uh, dug into this, so uh, give us your assessment of the governor's budget proposal as it's stands right now? Well, there's some federal largesse that the state is benefiting from. Of the $45 billion budget, about $3 billion comes from federal sources, and that's going to help a lot. It's enabled the governor to make decisions that uh, I think are long overdue in terms of uh, replenishing the state's rainy day fund and contributing to pensions uh, more aggressively than in the past, and even meeting the state-mandated uh, education, uh, evidence-based education funding formula. He's meanwhile cut revenues with some kind of election year gimmicks of uh, suspending the gasoline tax increase, uh, sp- suspending a 1% uh, grocery tax, for example, uh, as, as well as rebating uh property taxes up to $300 per household. So it, it's there's an election year gimmickry aspect to it, but un, underlying it all is a, a more healthy financial picture than the state has seen in some years. You know, we've uh, talked a lot about the, uh, the the temporary tax relief proposals, and, and per household, probably not going to make a huge dent, although cumulatively it's almost a billion dollars in less revenue uh, that will be going to uh, to the state. David, one thing you noted was the, uh, the, the federal dollars coming in, and what we always have to be cautious about is, are we using one-time infusions of cash for recurring long-term expenses? Any indication? that we have made uh, that mistake in, in this budget? Is, is any of this federal money going uh, to lock us into long-term expenditures, or are we doing this, uh, as you noted, for things like just simply replenishing the rainy day fund or giving a little bit extra uh, toward pensions? I think the governor, by and large, and his staff have done a pretty good job of not uh, undertaking any longer-term obligations that would not be funded by the federal uh funds. They've done a pretty decent job of managing for that. And you're right, that's a big risk in a situation like this. Uh, that's just one of the things we're watching carefully this week. Of course, uh, shockwaves on Friday night when a Sangamon County judge issued a ruling declaring the state's uh, mandates uh, against COVID uh, for schools to be null and void. That included the mask mandate for schools as well as the vaccination or testing requirement. That ruling is on appeal, but it left a lot of schools scrambling to figure out what to do next. Now comes word today that the governor is going to be perhaps relaxing uh, some of the mitigations around the state, although not necessarily as they pertain to schools while that legal fight is going on. Where does this leave us? People are all feeling a little bit confused at this point <laughs> about what exactly is going on and what's the governor's real authority in all of this. Well, I guess we'll find out a little bit later today when the governor actually unveils his plan. He's been quite coy about it. But it, the indications are, as you just said, Jim, that the school mandate may remain in place. Certainly uh, prisons and other areas where people are in in confined settings, he is expected to continue the mask mandate there. Uh, What's interesting is that the governor is set, apparently, to to relieve us of wearing our masks 
uh, in public when uh, the numbers are really much better than they had been. They're down to about 3,000 hospitalizations uh, per day compared to about 7,000 a little more than a month ago, but nowhere close to where they were when the mask mandate last was lifted in June of 21, when there were 760 hospitalizations statewide. So there's a question here as to whether this is uh, a political moment or whether, in fact, uh, the public health considerations uh, make it obvious that the mask should be removed. We plan live coverage of the governor's remarks uh, scheduled for around 2 o'clock this afternoon here on WMAY. We'll know more then about that. We'll also know a little bit more after we see this appeals process play out. Uh, the governor and Attorney General Kwame Raoul uh, seeking uh, an emergency appeal of the temporary restraining order uh, and hoping to get uh, a stay on that. But for right now, that order is in place in a lot of school districts uh, around our area and around the state going mask optional. Not necessarily the case of up in uh, Chicago, where they are continuing to uh, require masks there, and uh, there has been additional litigation threatened against them. So a lot of uh, moving parts to all of this. We're watching it all very, very carefully. We've got more full disclosure on the way with David Grising, president and CEO of the BGA. We'll return to him in just one moment. Welcome back to Full Disclosure with David Grising, President and CEO of the Better Government Association. And uh, government could stand to be a whole lot better in terms of uh, some of what we have seen related to uh, a relatively innocuous piece of legislation that has created a lot of hysteria, a lot of misinformation. It uh, relates to just the dissemination of public health information. Uh, but people have misinterpreted this to uh, claim that it's uh, somehow going to lead to uh, rounding up unvaccinated people, uh, locking them away in a forced quarantine. Uh, it's gotten really ugly, and it's been uh, accompanied by threats of violence against the lawmaker who's sponsoring this and now leading to uh, calls from legislative leaders for greater civility. David, this is uh, just a really appalling uh, situation we're seeing unfold here. Yeah, we got to say from the top that all of that that you mentioned, Jim, is false. It's being put on the Internet intentionally to to, to uh, distort the record of state representative Deb Conroy on this piece of legislation. <clears throat> What's interesting about it is the back and forth that it prompted between the House Speaker Chris Welch and House Minority Leader Jim Durkin. Uh, Chris Welch called on the Republicans uh, to uh, disavow this kind of uh, horrid uh, untruths being put on the web and uh, to uh, engage in more responsible political discourse. And Jim Durkin responded by saying, hey, quit ignoring us. We're the minority party. We deserve a voice in government. Well, that's not a very responsive answer to this very serious problem that has caused uh, Deb Conroy to close her, her uh, office in DuPage County and need a security detail around the clock. Yeah, no, no question about it. Uh, we we do need to get back to some normal order here. We can debate and discuss issues without getting to uh, the the threats of violence and things. It's a very disturbing situation. Uh, and as you noted, just the uh, the continuing uh, uh, airing of grievances isn't really helping to make the situation any better. So hopefully, some cooler, more mature heads will prevail. I believe that bill is actually up for a, a legislative hearing 
today. So I guess we'll see uh, how that all plays out and if uh, uh, there's any uh, uh, opportunity to try to set the record straight against what does certainly appear to be deliberate misinformation. Uh, also, yeah, David, and just, oh, go just to set the record straight, all she's asking to be done is to have the state share health data with local health departments. Uh, it's hardly a controversial move that has been so badly distorted by these bad actors uh, in social media. No uh, no question about it. Uh, before we let you go, we want to turn our attention to uh, yesterday's news conference, the Illinois Municipal League, uh, unveiling some of its legislative priorities for the coming year. We don't know how far any of this is going to go. Uh, interesting, though, some of the things they're asking for. They want to relax some of the requirements as it pertains to police and firefighter pensions to give them more time and a lower threshold for funding those pensions. Also, wanting uh, to uh, make permanent the provision that allow them to conduct meetings remotely via Zoom, et cetera, which they've been doing during the pandemic, and they are authorized to do so through the public health emergency. Uh, but uh, a number of municipalities want to continue to do that even without the public health emergency because they say it opens up their proceedings to more people, people who may not be able to get down uh, to, say, a city hall for uh, a city council meeting, but could potentially uh, log on via Zoom and participate that way. Uh, David, your thoughts on that, uh, on those proposals? Yeah, the pension thing is very important, and any move to kind of delay pension payments and such is fiscally problematic and merits close attention. As regards the open meetings, yes, we've learned that open meetings can happen and people can participate to a greater degree, as the Municipal League is saying. But on the other hand, uh, the digital divide is a serious consideration and some people don't have the bandwidth uh, in rural areas of the state, for example, or in some of the uh, downtown areas or, or poor neighborhoods in the city. And so while uh, that option can remain in effect, probably, uh, we need to safeguard that by continuing to have open meetings, to have meeting requirements, uh, to have public access in the physical presence of a meeting, to require lawmakers to be uh, visible on screen just as they would be uh, in a public meeting um, so that the idea of public access and public accountability remains intact even if we move to this hybrid approach to public meetings. And with the legislature actually reconvening in person now, uh, we'll start to see if any of these things will gain traction and start to uh, make their way through the General Assembly. We'll be watching carefully. So will our watchdog partners at the Better Government Association. David Greising, how do people reach you in the BGA the rest of the week? I'm at dgreising at bettergov.org. That's D-G-R-E-I-S-I-N-G at bettergov.org. And our website is bettergov.org. And here each Wednesday morning, full disclosure on the WMAY morning news feed. David, take care. We'll talk to you next week. You too, Jim. Thanks. Bye-bye.